Hello everybody, happy 2019, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 16th edition of the 1853 podcast of Mama's 2018-19 school year and the first of the 2019 spring semester, we'll hear from Professor of Philosophy and Religious Studies Dan Ott. He'll tell us about the convocation and activities that are planned to celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day on campus. We'll meet the new Scots volleyball coach, Emily Thibault, and Library Director Sarah Henderson will talk about life in Hughes Library. With the start of the 2019 spring semester on Monday, January 14, that means the Monmouth campus is once again a very busy place. And we'll have our first gallery reception of the spring semester this Friday, January 18. The first art reception of the semester will celebrate the show You Are a Monument. It's by the artist Elizabeth Folk. The reception will be from 3 to 4.30 in the afternoon on Friday, January 18, and it will be held in the Lynn G. Everett Gallery over in the Hughes Library. Elizabeth Folk will also give a gallery talk that day. That will be at 3.30 in the afternoon. The talk and the reception are both free and open to the public. To read more about the show, check out the story on the front of the Monmouth College website, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu. In a few moments, we'll hear more about Monmouth's big plans to celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day on Monday, January 21, but go ahead now and mark your calendar for noon on that day. That's when the convocation will be held in the Dahl Chapel and Auditorium. This year's convocation address will be given by Rebecca Ginsburg. She's the co-founder and director of the Education Justice Project at the University of Illinois. And if you can't make it to the Martin Luther King Jr. Day convocation, you can watch it streamed live over the Monmouth YouTube channel. That address is youtube.com slash College. Also, be sure to mark your calendar for Wednesday, January 23. That's when the program Great Decisions returns to Monmouth for its 39th edition. The topic of this year's discussion series is Refugees and Global Migration. And Monmouth anthropology professor Megan Hendrickson will introduce this year's opening topic at 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday, January 23. It will be held in the Moot Board Room, which is room 276 of the Center for Science and Business. Since 1981, Great Decisions has taken place at Monmouth College. It's a forum where the public and the academic community can get together and discuss world affairs. All eight Great Decision programs this semester are free and open to the public. They'll all be held at 7.30 p.m. on Wednesdays in the Moot Boardroom over in the Center for Science and Business, and they'll finish up on March 20. Big thanks to political science professor Mike Nelson for leading this important program. You can also read more about the great decisions this spring on the Monmouth College website. Go to the news section, monmouthcollege.edu news. 
On Monday, January 21, the nation will pause to reflect and celebrate the legacy of the great civil rights leader, Martin Luther King Jr. At Monmouth College, this year's Martin Luther King Jr. Day will feature a special noon convocation in the Dahl Chapel and Auditorium that will be followed by an afternoon of service. The convocation will feature student dance and spoken word performances, a jazz vocal solo, as well as a message by Rebecca Ginsberg. She's director of an Illinois project that brings college classes to prison inmates. Rebecca Ginsberg is the co-founder and the director of the Education Justice Project, which is based at the University of Illinois. She founded the Education Justice Project in 2006, and she's also a professor of education at the University of Illinois. Also on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Monmouth afternoon classes will be canceled so that students can participate in service activities throughout the community, which will commemorate King's legacy. Professor of Philosophy and Religious Studies Dan Ott is one of the day's principal organizers. Dan says that inviting a speaker to discuss mass incarceration is an appropriate way to mark the legacy of the slain civil rights leader. King, uh, near the end of his uh, life, really had uh, expanded his message and and mission. Uh, So not only dealing with issues of uh, racism, but dealing with issues at the intersection of racism, poverty, and militarism. And uh, he called those the uh, three evil triplets. And um, I think, you know, if he were alive today, he might want to make it a quadruplet, or he would at least want to talk about uh, mass incarceration in terms of racism and poverty. Uh, We know that um, uh, less educated, uh, less privileged, uh, and black and and brown people are uh, unfairly policed, uh, incarcerated at higher numbers than than, uh, white people are. And uh, so this is definitely an issue of our day that uh, King, I'm sure, would have been uh, wanting to uh, speak about as well. So uh, we think it's definitely in keeping with uh, the legacy, mission, and message of, of Martin Luther King Jr. By canceling the afternoon classes on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, students will have the opportunity to carry the spirit of King into the local community. And then at 2.30, um, where you have uh, the Martin Luther King Jr. Day of Service, this is the first year uh, that we're able to do that, and we have uh, six or seven sites all around Monmouth, including uh, the YMCA, uh, the hospital, the nursing homes, uh, the animal rescue, and uh, we'll send out between 50 and 100 students uh, to do volunteer work uh, that afternoon and, and sort of um, get a taste for uh, uh, being active in the community and, and working on justice projects in, in honor of uh, Dr. King. And Dan says that giving students an opportunity to serve others on that day will hopefully lead to even bigger things later on down the road. Service and volunteering is is an excellent way to um, begin to build um, skills of empathy and care uh, and uh, to help our students uh, see what community engagement looks like um, as much as as the work that they'll do on that day is important 
what they'll see that day, what they'll see community leaders doing and the, what, what projects uh, our citizens of Monmouth have taken on um, is even more important. And so the hope is with these kinds of things uh, that we do with students in terms of service and volunteering is that it, it um, sparks something that begins to grow in them and that, that then uh, they'll uh, get interested in um, actual social change, right, uh, working with uh, systems, working in the community, working to make things different, uh, not, not just volunteering, which is fantastic, but going that next step that uh, was what uh, Dr. King really was about, um, and changing the systems that uh, oppress and bind people. Since Martin Luther King Jr. Day became a federally recognized holiday in the late 20th century, Dan says that Americans have done a pretty good job preventing the day from becoming just another day off or an excuse for a furniture sale. But as he notes, there is still much more to be learned about King and the civil rights movement that he led. Into that, So there has been some attention uh, to keeping the day uh, about Dr. King and his, and his mission and message. You know the 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 struggle always though with with um, Dr. King is that you know people remember the I have a dream right and they uh, we want to sort of uh, whitewash Dr. King and we forget the sort of radical side of Dr. King um, the, the the Dr. King the pacifist uh, Dr. King the um, uh, defender of of the poor. Uh, Dr. King, the person who was demanding uh, equal rights and, and equal justice for for uh, African Americans, and so um, you know, this, I teach a course on King, and um, students are it's a, a wonderful experience that students find the depth of King, uh, his intellectual depth as well. Uh, brilliant man, his writing is 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 still pertinent today. We've done a a pretty good job with honoring the day as a nation, um, but I I'm always hopeful that people will rediscover King and uh, and reengage King in the in the depth uh, that that is really there. That's Professor of Philosophy and Religious Studies Dan Ott previewing the Martin Luther King Jr. Day events and activities that will be held on and around the campus on this Monday, January 21. To read more about them, check out the story on the Monmouth College website. And that address is, of course, monmouthcollege.edu. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Monmouth's Hughes Library is more than simply a place to study and do research. Over the years, it's evolved into Students' Academic Student Center, The director of the Hughes Library is Sarah Henderson. That's a position she's held since last summer, and it's her second tour of duty at Monmouth, as she also served Hughes Library from 2003 through 2006. As Sarah notes, the Hughes Library strikes a good balance between offering print and digital products to students, 
which she says helps keep it a place of discovery for students. Yes, we still do dwell in the physical, but so much is digital these days. And I think one of the nice things about the library here is we're working to find that happy medium. Um, Digital is definitely important in terms of access and easy access. It definitely helps with space. But I like the idea that we still have print and we still have a fair amount of print here because I still enjoy me personally, and I think for the students, the opportunity to stroll through the stacks and discover new things that you wouldn't necessarily be able to if you were looking at a tablet. There's something to be said for walking down the aisle. There's an eye-catching book cover. You pull it off the shelf, and before you know it, you found your new favorite author. What's especially nice about the Hughes Library is that it's more than a collection of volumes and titles. It's also the home to art, spaces for the community to interact, and places for visitors to enjoy solitude. But Sarah won't tell us where her favorite space is in the building. We are so blessed with the building that we have. We have two art galleries upstairs for starters. We have the Shields Gallery, which holds a collection that was presented to the college. It's a rotating collection um, full of just amazing antiquities and other items along those lines. Then we have the uh, Everett Gallery, that is a rotating uh, display. Uh, We bring artists in from across the country, local artists, uh, our own students and faculty, and have exhibits of their shows. Um, And it's just amazing, the artwork that comes. Um, We have, of course, the coffee shop, which is a a fabulous place that everybody loves on campus. Uh, We also have the Barnes Electronic Classroom, which is a wonderful space for students if they are practicing uh, presentations for class, speakers. Uh, We have speakers that we host in there quite often. Faculty members use it for their classes. Uh, Film series um, are shown in there quite often. Uh, On the upper level, there is a secret comfy chair area. This is my absolute favorite place in the library. But I'm not sure I want to reveal quite where it is because I might find somebody sitting in it the next time I go upstairs and want to use it. But there, there are some great spaces like that, too. Sarah says it's hard to know what the future holds for the college library or what the college library of the future will look like. But she does expect that print and the discoveries and the surprises that it holds to remain relevant in students' lives. At one point in time, we thought microfilm and microfiche was state-of-the-art, and that was going to be the way to go. Um, I definitely think that print is not dead. Um, I think that libraries will host a combination of digital and print resources for students because as much as we want immediate results in terms of our searching for journal articles and things like that, I still think it's important to provide those opportunities, as I said earlier, for students to explore on their own in their own time. Um, And I think one of the great things about Monmouth College is that they are so supportive of the library. We have a fantastic building, a fantastic collection, and we really wouldn't be able to do it without them. And I think one of the best things that um, we have about the library is the staff listens to the students, and they will really help drive the future of the library in terms of what direction we go. That's Sarah Henderson. She's director of Mama's Hughes Library. Make sure you follow the Hughes Library on Instagram and Twitter, where they absolutely hit it out of the park. You can follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Hughes Library.
Okay, sports preview, then the sports segment. Three, two, one. Before we get into this week's athletic segment, a reminder of the multitude of ways in which you can follow Monmouth College throughout the social media spectrum. The college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash monmouthcollege. The college's main Twitter account is at Monmouth, and the college is on Instagram at Monmouth College. If you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Monmouth on Snapchat at This Is Monmouth. And when you want to listen to some great music, check out Monmouth College on Spotify. The Monmouth volleyball team got a new coach over the Christmas break, Emily Tebow. She brings national tournament experience as both a student athlete and as a coach to the Scots volleyball program. Emily has served for the last two seasons as an assistant coach at Greenville University in Illinois, which is also her alma mater. She says a number of factors attracted her to Monmouth, not least of which is the Scots tradition of excellence in athletics. I just think the original tradition that the school has and the environment and the community that is just so overwhelmingly comforting and exciting to be a part of. The tradition is great here, and I think being a part of that and growing and expanding in that aspect is going to be a lot of fun. And Emily says the places where Mama's student-athletes train, practice, and play are also pretty impressive. Oh, man. I When I walked in the doors, I was super excited about the facilities. Um, I come from a little tiny school, and it's probably about the same size as Monmouth, but the facilities here are amazing and it's very exciting to be a part of. Another asset that Emily points to at Monmouth is the college's strong academic programs. Oh yeah, academics are really important. So the Division Three mantra is student first. Um, so I think finding a student and how, how comfortable they are with their academics and their study is really important and really uh, pushing them to get involved in every academic aspect is great too. Um, That's their future. No one has become a professional athlete necessarily out of this program yet. So um, their pride in their academics and their education is super important. Emily says her team's style will reflect her players' strengths and she's looking for well-rounded students to play for the Scots. I think the most important part of volleyball is playing to your team's level. So um, I don't have a particular style per se, but um, I think playing to the team's best ability. So if that means a fast offense, we run a fast offense. If we need to slow it down, we slow it down. Um, But I think collaborating as a team into our best abilities is our best option and then um, focusing on our side of the game versus all the opponents when you uh, focus on your opponents too much you get caught up in caught up in their actions Um, so focusing on our side of the net and how we control our game is going to be very crucial I think those those kids that fall in love with the school and have a great academic head on their shoulders um, that have a lot of potential are definitely the kids that we are interested in. Um, I think it's just really important to find those kids that want to be involved much more than volleyball and grow as a human being as well. So those are definitely the kids we're looking for. That's Monmouth College's new volleyball coach, Emily Tebow. You can follow Monmouth Scott's Volleyball on Twitter at Scott's V-Ball. You can also follow all of Monmouth College Athletics on Twitter at MC Fighting Scots. 
And don't forget that your official place on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related is the website mammothscots.com. And that's going to be a 30 for this 16th edition of Mammoth College's 1853 podcast of the 2018-19 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at mammothcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer of the Mammoth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. Thank you.